Hello everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Let's Get Started. This episode of Let's Get Started truly justifies the name. As we are speaking with someone who literally just got started. Swami Mukherjee is the founder and CEO of One Take Prog Productions and he's empowering independent musicians across the globe through technology. All right Swami, let's get started. Yeah. So what I noticed uh, amazing about you is uh, that uh, you are trying to scratch your own itch and uh, you have your own uh, like you are a musician yourself uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, you also have certain tracks on SoundCloud. So which yes. is your favorite track on your SoundCloud profile? So I think uh, I have two but let's uh, maybe if you ask me to pick one one uh, I'll pick uh, Fugue Weaver that's there uh, in my portfolio album. Mm-hmm. I think it's the sixth track. Yes, that's the last one. The outro track. Yeah. Yes. And if you notice uh, each track uh, if you really pay attention to each of them these are like very really small tracks. But at the same time, those are made in such a way that if you put them behind any kind of uh, video, you know, they will work. So, for example, Technodon, the first track, right? I have put it behind a child who is just running around wearing a red cape. Mm-hmm. You can put it behind an Apple gadget promo video. You can put it behind a mental health awareness ad, you know? And everything will fall in place because the music is reusable through the technology that I have made. While making sure that as an artist myself, how do I keep the rights separate from all three, despite using the same music? So, what has been your family's reaction, and what has been your family's take on you pursuing creative interest and your passion as your profession? I can say that I'm I'm been very fortunate that I've been brought up in an environment where there was hardship, but you know that didn't stop my parents from promoting my passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when I didn't know what I was good at, they would uh, try to drive me towards it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, when I was a kid, okay, my relatives would say, ah, he should become a you know a civil servant. Someone who said, any engineer, doctor. My parents were like, see, if he wants, he can go for engineering or whatever. But, I mean, really up to him. So, that's how my upbringing has always been. Wow, man. That's so amazing that, you know, you have had the freedom to take up your passion since the very childhood. See, when it comes to passion, right, uh, you get carried away. Mm-hmm. It's a very fundamental problem. And that's okay. Because that's why it's called passion, right? <laughs> right. So you don't, you don't uh, restrict yourself when you are, uh, you know, trying to engage in your as acts of passion, or you know, you're trying to monetize it, or you try to build something out of your passion. So that is something which our previous generation is not okay with. <laughs> right. You see what I mean? Uh-huh. The example is that if I'm a musician and I'm going and giving my music for free to a restaurant. Um, my parents would expect that, or anybody's parents would expect that I charge for it. You know, let's say if the song is worth five euros, I charge for it. Like I charge for it by five. But instead, when I'm saying that, um, it's like, you know, it's my work of art. And now since I have the business around it, the technology around it, I don't need the money. Right. So when I'm giving it for zero euros, 
my parents or anybody's parents wouldn't understand that you know in return they are giving me deep discounts so i went to barney's lounge they gave me a bill of 620 and i insisted that i pay and they kept saying no okay oh. it was my third visit and on my third visit this is what has happened and there are places here um, which um, really uh, is like you know which are helping me just like you know even if i'm sitting they're making me feel comfortable and uh, giving me discounts and pulling things up so that's the thing right my point is that when you have good investment coming in and when you have uh, people who recognize your work i think uh, uh, it's very hard for you to explain it to your previous generation that see this is how you can still build something out of your passion you know mm-hmm. um that is something that has that has been in india but it it was never um, discussed as a whole right yeah. i see so what you're uh, saying is like uh, the kind of value that we derive uh, from our passion is different from the kind of value that our previous generation used to derive from their yeah. artistic pursuits like they used to and yeah. for them money was the uh, dire yeah. need at that point of time here we are getting value in terms of okay our, our food is discounted or our stay yeah. is discounted and the the places where we will spend that money after earning it those exactly. things are coming cheap or for free and yeah. in exchange for the art and the experience that we are providing as an artist to them exactly <laughs> nice help me understand like you have you've had uh, cushy jobs at companies yes. and corporates such as deloitte and microsoft right yes. and then you have also had some experience with startups like you worked at uh, gvox for instance yes so you have seen like different sides of the world and then you started your own uh, journey so to the listeners how would you kind of advise that if somebody is planning to venture out on his own should he or should she go through the same journey as you did do you think it really helped you like working with the corporates mm-hmm. first then with a startup and then starting your own what mm-hmm. would you suggest the listeners to who are planning to start up and who are uh, maybe graduating right now from college or working okay. at a startup right now or working at a corporate right now okay great yeah so uh, okay so the thing is that i believe Uh, the first thing is that you shouldn't really <laughs> do your mba right after your that especially if you are coming from uh, an it background or a you know tech background or a high tech background what i mean is uh, the backgrounds the uh, the background spaces that have a lot of scope in india right now mm-hmm. and if you're coming from those fields you need to really work it out in corporate or in startup or in the ngos uh, before you go for an mba now uh i think people are doing that but uh, still a large number of people try to go for an mba right after uh, their graduation so that doesn't expose them to uh, you know the the way of life as a corporate professional like how you grow and what are the things you need to avoid um how do you need to see through the things and really see the vision of the ceo sometimes you know in order to truly uh, become a leader if you mm-hmm. are really looking to start out after a few years so you do all that and then you um you may choose to go back to corporates or you can start right away after your mba that i mean both the options are good i feel 
because uh, you know your educational loan and all you can delay that um, up to a year after graduation um, or maybe more sometimes some banks will give you customized uh, options as well uh, or you can you know try to uh, repay it in advance the way I did because my dad suggested I do that. Nice. Uh, you know, instead of uh, paying an EMI of like for my uh, loan, I was supposed to pay an EMI of thirty thirty four thousand for seventeen years. Instead, I paid uh, fifty, uh, you know, per month in the first year, right? So that way, and then, and also in, at the end of the year, right before I took this plunge, I paid seventy three. So my point is that you can always prepare yourself financially when you decide to take that plunge, right? After your education and after your initial years of work. So that is when um, you need to uh, see how your credit score is looking like <laughs> and can you really take, you know, because I have taken loans, right? Since I think year one of my work. Okay, I never needed it, but there were certain things I couldn't compromise. For example, even though the pay was not so great at Deloitte, the work was amazing, so I decided to stay there for a year, and I was living it up at a place where, which was maybe out of the pay scale of uh, the pressures at the Lord US, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't care because um, I was like, "He care, I love whatever it is," but I need to have my peace of mind to do my thing. Nice. So that's how I've always. So from my first month itself, I had uh, a credit card. Uh, you know, uh, and I started planning for ISP. Uh, it organically happened, and I knew that yes, I did my in my third year from MNIT. We used to go for coaching for CAT, but I know that I cannot go for an IIM right after my undergrad. Right, so I need to work, and I kept working. And but most important thing is by taking loans, paying them off, overpaying sometimes, or paying in advance. I I understood how to. Know, not be afraid of money really so uh, what then people can do is when they are taking that lunch they can simply look back into their credit scores and if their credit score is good right i mean you know they can just start by taking a loan and start working on whatever idea they have and then once they start doing that uh, the industry really starts taking a note and uh, um you know, you, you get a lot of materials to research on. You get targeted ads from uh, RBI, for example. Like, you get a message from RBI. I got one, one which talked about Ombudsman. Right. So, things like this, right? So, startup ecosystem is primed up, right? And the moment you have a score and you know you can pay it back, take that lunch and at least experiment and see if you can go. Uh, since we are talking about costs and money and... Uh... Mm -hmm. I really wanted to ask you about like since you're also given the fact that you're bootstrapped, you know, and then yeah, I mean yeah. practically bootstrapped and then you have certain pre-seed and seed funds and like loans, right? Yeah. So you would have to stay lean as a CEO. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. uh, then uh, to add that you are living in Bangalore, which is pretty expensive city to live in. Uh, and mm -hmm. the rents are high. You have to pay 11 months advance, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, the access to uh, various other things in Bangalore, like the amenities, the booze. So, how do you manage uh, staying lean with so many things around you? How do you spend your money and uh, uh, mm -hmm. live your lifestyle? And uh, and how is it different from what it used to be earlier, like pre-ISB, let's yeah. say, when you're working at Deloitte or Microsoft? 
what I can tell you is that obviously there's the inspiration that comes from pictures, but you know to internalize it in real life is something that really requires a lot of balls. <laughs> I tell you why. Yeah, because um, you know when I started drinking, for example, like you talk about booze, um, I started it with my first salary from the lot. I made it a point to not indulge into that in my college days. So that's how I always have managed my indulgence. And, um, uh, you know, I try to live a pretty hydrated and uh, an active lifestyle as much as I can. And now that I've started out, I know that, okay, I can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. And, for example, I, I don't drink much anyway. So what I do is, okay, I, I might be going out a little too often. Otherwise, if I'm a salaried person, to eat. You know, because I eat less, but I try to eat at good places. Like, because I know in Bangalore, you can't just eat at random places like in Hyderabad. <laughs> okay, like hygiene is a big problem there. So you need to really find the places where, you know, the price might be 300 to 400 bucks um, per meal for me. So even that I have cut down on now. So I cook for myself at home. And um, I'm showing the world or, or to my investors that my draw as a CEO can you know, really remain as low as up to 10%. Like, uh, it doesn't have to be big because I'll continue to function and flourish the way I am flourishing with the relationship that I build at work or otherwise, right? Like, as friends, when I'm working with people who are advising me, that itself is saving me cost to make my model sustainable for myself. So when somebody invests in my company, uh, in my company, not on my name, but in my company name, they will know that, okay, let's say tomorrow uh, this guy has, so currently our company's valuation is at 1.8 crores, right? But even then I'm drawing a value of uh, 70,000 per month, you know, just that is also including a lot of uh, paybacks that I keep doing, right? Like when I buy a software, for example, for my startup, so I'm paying off for all that from my wallet. So, wow. 1500 per day for just my eating, living, sleeping costs and the rest fund that I'm drawing from the company's uh, capital uh, or from the revenue that we are generating or the lines of credit, um, you know, it's it can stay only till 10% as a CEO drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Given like two minutes, what would be the elevator pitch for your product? So OneTech Prop Productions is a new age digital production company that uses models of deep tech and smart contracts to commercialize independent musicians like never before. It commoditizes music production and it makes music experiential and really usable. Uh, So that way the shared pie increases for the entire music industry and brings in the right kind of automation that it badly needs. So everybody, all the player wins in this. And the money part, we manage by grants, scholarships, and the patents that we fight. And therefore, we are a dot-org company who will be charging only the businesses that engage with us, but never really our musicians or our end customers, our listeners or non-listeners. Yeah. That was way under two minutes. That was even less than 60 seconds. Congratulations, man. (laughs) Thank you. So, uh, could you give me an example of a deep tech company out there? Spotify is again a, like a you know it's a deep tech. It's I think it's the only deep tech 
music startup uh, apart from mine now in in the world <laughs> wow wow but, yeah yeah but then the see that's the thing right their goal is to deliver right distribute uh, my goal is to do everything else and then enable them to distribute better got it okay so uh, moving on to you know when you're starting up then you're thinking about funds and you already elaborated on certain other lesser known avenues of raising funds like uh, you secure certain bank loans and yeah. uh, if, if like what are other any avenues you know lesser known mm-hmm. avenues of raising raising funds other than yeah. bank loans if you could just uh, share yeah yeah so uh, um, you know um, you need to really look back again like i said you should work right because then every company you work at you become part of their alumni network right so i'm part of deloitte and microsoft's alumni networks right and through those you can always get grants and scholarships so i self nominated my company for example for one of the microsoft uh, alumni alumni grant initiatives got it since it's very early stage for you and uh, it's difficult to find people to share your vision uh, what is the platform that you trust to kind of find you know the people who align with you and your vision uh, i think uh, the the platform that works the best for me is linkedin mm-hmm. um, because uh, see i have tried to source uh, freelancers to upwork and fiverr and they're both great um, but i think uh, those are more for people who are looking to build a full-time career out of freelancing. You know, like, you know, those platforms are more for people who can jump from one freelancing to other. Now, if I want someone, if I need to work for someone as a freelancer, I do that, even that, as a long-term thing. You know, like, okay, two hours in my day, I'll freelance and bring money for my company. And I can do that for six to eight months, obviously. And whatever they pay me, I'm cool with that, right? and i feed it back to the company but fiverr and upwork are better for full time people like who just live off freelancing you know uh, but from linkedin side of things i get a lot of people who end up uh, working with me or advising into me uh, you're you're also planning to expand the team a bit right um, so who whom are you looking for so um, yeah expansion manager is something we would like to close out after i finish my uh, market research here right uh, we'll we'll we really are actually trying to tie up with uh, some of the universities so i met with uh, the reps uh, from one of these universities in um, amsterdam itself so they are they are a business school who specialize in entrepreneurship so they have their own incubation center for example so i told them that you know i can come and give them guest lecture to their students i can work for them for free and in return if if they let me incubate in their campus then you know through through ISB and you know all that tie ups i can make that happen right so uh, if those things fall in place uh, i'll i'll get the expansion manager isa do you have a co-founder uh not really so i have interviewed three people um and uh, um you know like the first two i interviewed when the startup itself was still taking shape uh but the third one came through after uh, we kind of formalized everything uh the foundation aspect of it um really i haven't seen uh, someone who <laughs> really complement my skills 
So what yeah. is what is the kind of profile that you're looking for in a co-founder? If if somebody's uh, are you still looking for one? First of all, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, so what would be like an I've ideal? Been, Sorry. Yeah, sure. I have been told by some of my um, friends who have been entrepreneurs before me, right, um, to look for multiple co-founders because um, if you are trying to do a global business, uh, you need to have three, four, or two, three co-founders because then what happens is. अभी किसी की शादी हो जाती है कुछ हो जाता है दे ड्रॉप ऑफ देन यू कैन स्टिल स्टिल हैव दैट पोर्टफोलियो यू से नो 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 आई हैव अ कोफाउंडर एट लीस्ट सो दैट्स व्हाट द इंडस्ट्री एंड द पीपल हु आर एक्सपीरियंस इन दिस आर टेलिंग मी पर्सनली आई वांट आई एम ओके विद हैविंग वन मोर पर्सन देयर टू कैन यू नो अंडरस्टैंड म्यूजिक इन द सेंस दैट ही डजंट हैव टू बी दे डोंट हैव टू बी म्यूजिशियन Uh, really, but if they're open to learning and picking it up, just so that they can talk as a manager, right? Uh, and if they are good with operations, like you know, um, if they are very good with supply chain management and so on, right? Uh, uh, that is a good uh, profile of a co-founder that I would need. Okay, so operations, being good with operations, uh, yeah. having your sharing the love for music that you have. top two things the top two requirements yes. uh, that you're looking for in the ideal co-founder all right great so another thing i wanted to talk to you about was uh, mentorship so um, what are your thoughts around that and uh, do you have any mentors and uh, if you do could you share how did you look out for them uh, you know I look out for people who are taking special interest in you when you are i don't know when you are in transit uh when you are trying to figure something out on the road you know there will be certain people you'll see based on your judgment as a human being um you'll see that there are certain people who would be interested in you to help you out and nurture you you know so i had the honor to engage with a uh, uh mrs gopa kumar who, who is um, the widow of uh, uh mr t gopa kumar who was i think the editor in chief at asianet news uh so i was just like you know coming back from mumbai to bangalore and she was sitting in a seat after me and i was just like napping and then like the air hostess she woke me up and i know that is a very startup friendly like yeah guy yeah So I just woke up and like what happened, and then she's like, uh, "Do you need something?" And then she started hinting uh, towards uh, the lady, <laughs> and then she started talking to me, and then soon she talked about her background, the things she is doing, and then you know now she's uh, you know she heard my ideas and the work she uh, you know she uh, she saw my work. Um, now it's like you know I I consider this to be an extreme. stroke of luck but then at the same time i think when i kept my eyes open and was open to ideas i landed myself here but i think um, you know they consider me as part of their extended uh, acquaintances and they are coaching me she's she personally texts me checks if i'm okay you know if i've eaten food or what's my next goal to achieve so you know like she is voluntarily uh, being there as my mentor as, and as my startup coach because the industry is same for her and me so you know i never ask anything from her or her family uh, like you know uh, they are they're a big group really and they are doing good things in life and they are successful as professionals they take risks uh, but you know even then i'm getting that help in return from them that advice is from 
and this is something that i am getting from a few more people you know this includes one lady nahidi uh, from kukenhof uh, uh, <laughs> so she uh, is a 60 year old uh, lady she uh, her, her two sons uh, they also are into businesses so again she helped me out that day when i was trying to reach my airbnb and you know i and my phones were dead and my my wife I was involved is like oh is this how you want to do business in kukenhof <laughs> right so there are people like this who are advising and are being there and i you know the more you start searching for these concepts right like startup coaching startup mentorship you realize that there are actually people who do this as a day in day out practice you know they are called as the uh, knowledge investors for your startup you know and they are available everywhere in india abroad they are the people who come from money and who might invest in you uh, monetarily but really uh, their intangible investment like the knowledge investment that they give to you the support that they give to you is something that's extremely valuable for me because uh, i have had personal strains right to uh, convince people my parents uh, my loved ones right uh my friends my close friends that you know this is why i'm doing this this is how i'm taking money or giving money back or whatever um at, at for a good vacuum good buffer i didn't have any support from um, many of my uh you know like stakeholders if you like to call them like the personal people uh, the, the the inner circle or the the love you know the ones who, who generally care for me this is when these startup mentors you know out of nowhere have helped me through and they are still doing that for me wonderful all right swami i think we are uh, good to go over here thanks for uh, bearing uh, some strange questions that's totally okay always thank you so much for giving me this outlet and this platform to talk about what we are doing and how we are doing and about my own journey as well